Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwich. Hello dear listeners, welcome to an Akdung Extra. Yes, yesterday's um, defeat up there at Blackpool has affected me and I needed to talk out the issues and there's only one man that I turn to when I need to talk out my issues and that's Mr. Ryan Loftus. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Cheers, Nick. And f- thanks for booking me on short notice. Uh, it'll be my, my usual rate for this one. I think. Uh, hopefully we can work through some stuff. And when it starts getting a personal level, we'll stop recording and just keep going. He has a usual rate, listeners. Arkatim, Arkatim. Um, I thought we'd just open up the show first with a, a really great um, report that Phil Clark sent to me. Uh, too late to get into yesterday's show, so I thought I'd, uh, part of the reason why I thought I'd do today's post-mortem was to uh, include Phil's report. So we're just going to run that now. Hi, Nick. This is Phil Clark giving you a quick call on the way back from the wastelands of Blackpool. Very grim and dire performance today. thought the formation was interesting. We went with a very defensive three in the midfield, which was a little bit worrying for me. I felt that perhaps now that we were clearly not going up and almost certainly not going down, we could take a few more risks there were plenty of experienced players there, so perhaps it was a, a day we could have maybe um, put Berry in from the start, possibly. I did feel with the three centre-back centre-midfielders in there that none of them really seemed to want the ball. They were all kind of hiding behind players. When the centre-backs were looking for a pass, they weren't available. When the odd occasion it did go to them, they just literally passed it straight back to the centre-back. Not one of them was brave enough to want to take the ball on the turn try and drive us forward 10 or 15 yards which is really frustrating and certainly led to a game of long ball attritional football from both teams really um, wondering about Malone really ineffective at the moment can't work out if that's the formation tweaks that we've had or whether it's his form uh, a phobie today didn't really look like he was kind of putting a full shift in not sure what's wrong there uh, Mason Bennett just it's an enigma how we've got a professional footballer who just cannot play more than 60 minutes. You know, is that he's not being given the chance or is it just physically they don't trust that he can? Uh, Again, back to an earlier point, Mahoney. um, Why? You know, he's been out of favour since, I don't think he's been in the squad since October, November. And then he's in today when actually we've got 
other options now. You know, you could have played Berry, you could have, you know, played Burke, which obviously we did. You could have put Lovelace on. You know, there's options. You know, he's, Mahomes clearly not in favour in any capacity. So why suddenly now has he come back into the fold a bit like Ben did last week out of nowhere and then not noticed again? Similar with Lovelace and Botang. One week they're in, one week they're out. Very peculiar, very inconsistent decisions for me. Um, I think there's plenty of fingers that can be pointed at the management and coaching, but hard to look past the players also today. You know, really similar to Peterborough in terms of very flat, no energy. There was just no urgency when we went to goal down to get moves going, get the ball forward. Restarts took forever. There just no, there was just no passion and energy from the players, which is really worrying. Um, you know, and I think the manager looks flat, the players look flat. The real staleness. You know, I'm just thinking, how can Gary Rowett re-spark this? You know, has he started to lose the group? I just don't know the answer to that question. Anyway, on to next week, and uh, hopefully he will find some answers. Achtung, Mailball. So a big thank you to Phil uh, there, Ron. Um, yesterday's performance feels like... Um, I mean, keep saying turning points. You can't keep saying you have a turning point in the season, but it does feel particularly painful to me yesterday. Um, did you get a, a stream yesterday, Ryan? Did you have a look at it? Yeah, I couldn't watch live. I caught up with it in the evening and um, kind of watched, watched the majority of the game back. And it's just, it's exactly that, like you say, about the turning points. We seem to have had, you know, probably this season, probably like six or seven turning points. We do. Sometimes game, yeah. you know. Either for for better or worse, but um, I don't know. Something about yesterday has really, well, I say something about yesterday. We know what it is about yesterday's performance, but something about yesterday has really, really seemed to damage the damage the fan base. Maybe it's a bit strong, but damage maybe Gary Rowett's standing within the fan base, and and it's it it feels like a a watershed sort of moment. It feels like. This this season's almost over, you know. You know, you don't want to be melodramatic about anything, but yeah. before this game and even before last week, you know, there's the the hint that you know we we, we had a long break because of COVID, everyone was out, and you get the anticipation, anticipation, and you think, well, you know, if, if we get a few wins, we got these runs coming up. We, you know, we, we're still in a shout of the playoffs. Now, you know, we're still not miles off, but performance level and. And, and the same thing we're having, I think, time and time again this season. You just feel like, as a team, we're a million miles off. It might only be six or seven or eight points, but it feels like a million miles at the moment. It's that more than that is... now, Ron. It's um, just looking at the table. I mean, if, if we're going to talk about six, but it's it's 11 points. Albeit Huddersfield have played two games more than we have, but we've got a lot of clubs between us and, and Huddersfield in six spot. And yeah, you can talk about it, but it's just so hard to see where the wins and the goals are going to come from at the moment. Now, we, we could be being premature. It may all turn a corner. But I, I mean, I've just highlighted two quotes from, um, I think this is the Sunday Mirror today. Um, first one's a, a quote from the Blackpool coach yesterday, Neil Critchley. Um, he says, we scored when we were on top. Yes, they did. And apart from the one save, we saw the game through relatively comfortably. And that, that <laughs> I read that this morning, and I thought actually that's that's spot on because it was relatively comfortable for Blackpool. They they weren't really ever until late when Tyler came yeah. in, Tyler Bury, and to some yeah. extent, I think Ollie Burke um, with his pace. Um, 
so you're talking about maybe the last 15 minutes where maybe they felt a little bit less comfortable, but that word, we or those words, we we were relatively comfortable, really, really hurts because it shouldn't be that Millwall team travelling, oh, it's a long way and blah, 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 Blackpool in January, but you should still mm. be able to take the game to them. And then we're just not doing that, Ryan, are we? No, definitely. And I remember I remember Neil Critchley when he was at the Den, obviously we, we, t- we came back from behind against Blackpool. That was probably one of our... One of another one of the maybe positive turning points, you yeah. know, when when he kind of changed the system around at half time and we went a bit more attacking and managed to break down a ten man Blackpool. And Critchley said, like almost all managers say when they come to the den, that you know what you're going to get against Millwall. It's going to be a physical game. It's not going to be comfortable. And they're coming out against a Blackpool side who, you know, they're not a great side. Like they're doing really well no. this season for having just come up. You know, they're from a rebuild of having a new ownership, you know, being in the Premier League, they've, they've gone all the way down the divisions and are starting to work their way back up. They're not, you know, one of the better sides in the division. We beat them at home and they're the sort of game, when you look at the calendar, look at the fixture list, you think, well, that is a good opportunity to get a waypoint of three points away from home. And it's sort of one as well, even if you get one point and the performance is all right, you kind of go, well, it's, it's away from home, you take the point and yeah. you move on. But, Time and time again now, we get in these away games where, you know, different styles of calamity as it is. You know, it's either us throwing it away <laughs> or us not turning up. I mean, you compare this one to the Bristol City game, yeah. 3-2, just a, a few weeks before, and it's a different sort of loss. But you come out with the same feeling of just, how have we lost that to that to that rubbish, you know, from a mill perspective? And yeah, we just didn't test, you know, Bart made a couple stops to actually keep us in it. That one with his legs in the first half is excellent. But it's a poor goal to give away. How their striker gets two touches in the box to control it and finish it when there's five Millwall bodies in there after Bart's again made another save. And we just didn't test them. Murray Wallace, what came closest with uh, that one from the set piece, I guess. And yeah, yeah Tyler Bury comes on. But I mean, it was from before kickoff. And there's been plenty of times this season with Gary Rowett, I guess. You see the lineup and you go, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. You know, at 8 2, I think I saw it be described as the lineup it's Scott Malone seems to have gone off the boil a bit you know normally you'd expect him you go okay we've got the back five but with Malone on and, and you think with McNamara they they can also almost be auxiliary attackers like you know you look at like how Liverpool use their wing back suits and obviously none of them are as good as those but no, no, they no. push really high up and they offer something in attack they just don't seem to be doing that so no, we've got a mid- three of three defensive midfielders yeah and I know that they're making you know sticking plasters a bit injury wise but Tyler Bury comes on and I think did Rowett himself say it or was it just um, in one of the match reports maybe saying Tyler was man of the match for being on yeah. the pitch for 50 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. to be honest, start him. And if and if you need to take him off, look, tell you what, you've got Oli Burke who's just signed. You yeah. can put him on and he starts to flag, but he's not going to get fit and he's not going to get better if he doesn't play him. And I think every time Tyler Bury's played, even last season, the season before that, he's looked bright. He's looked good. You know, against Palace, he looked really good when he came on. He did. Just give him a go. Give him yeah. a go. Why? Like, what have you got to lose? I, I generally thought, I mean, there's this dread moment on a Saturday, Ryan, isn't it? When about two o'clock when they published a team sheet. And that's that's like, you know, until that moment, you've, you've normally just parked in your car. Or yesterday I was just kind of checking Twitter. And then there's a dread moment when you see the starting 11, because it was, it was a very... Um, defensively minded starting eleven. I mean, to some extent, we're we're always going to be 
you've got to be realistic. You are going um, a long, you know, long northern trip away, so you're not going to go there particularly to, um, you know, you know, throw caution to the wind. But I thought we'd see possibly Ollie Burks. He's an experienced championship um, player. I thought he may have started. Maybe, maybe you're going to give him 60 minutes. I don't know. Maybe um, yeah. Tyler to come in at that point or reverse yeah. it if you like. I don't, exactly. I don't mind, you know, give Tyler it's half. It was bizarre to have them both on the bench. Like yeah. it's, you might as well give him 45. I mean, you turn up with that team that we've got and even on paper, who who's creating anything? Who's actually offering any attacking threat? Obviously, you know, Bennick's done well recently and, yeah. and Mason Bennick a handful, but from the midfield perspective, you've got three carbon copies of each other to an extent. Yeah, I suppose you're looking for flair, flair from Scott Malone. You're looking for it. You, uh, and to some level, Danny Mack gets forward well. I, I don't know if I could call him a flair player. He's, 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 he's yeah. a good player, but he's not, a, not what I would call a flair player. And then you're looking at Keith and Bell, um, Evans and, and Mitchell in midfield. And as you say, I mean, one of those, you know, <laughs> two of those. <laughs> and then then someone that can at least get forwards a little. And that's where you're thinking, looking at the bench there, Ryan. I mean, you know, it's the, the bench doesn't seem to relate to the starting eleven in some ways because you've got Ben Thompson, who's been cast out in the uh, in the wilderness for a long time. Connor Mahoney appeared yesterday um, again. You know, uh, great. I like him. And as we said before, many will criticise his consistency yeah. and all that. We're not going to have that debate again, but he is who he is. But, you know, one, one of those one of those flair players, Bury, Mahoney, um, and then you've got, you got Zach Lovelace. I, I mean, are we really down to the 15-year-old being a regular on the, in the first team? I don't know. It's yeah. I know we're dealing with, a, with a, uh, an injury crisis at the moment, but it does seem to have... Um, you know, it does seem to have struck particularly deep. If, if that's as good as we're going to get in terms of a bench, and Ben Thompson who didn't didn't show, and, and Hayden Muller who's uh, just been recalled. So strange, strange choices. Um, the online debate is pretty open, pretty naked today, really, um, Ryan, about Gary Rowett's future. I mean, that's his third loss. He said himself um, in that Daily Mirror report that he's not lost three in a row. I presume he means with Millwall, um, and it hurts, he says. Um, he's starting to look to me, and I don't like to say this, because like I said on, on yesterday's show, not the purpose of this this podcast is not to not to knock Millwall, it's to promote it, really, if, if we can. But he's, he's, Gary Rowe is starting to look like a, the man that has that kind of haunted, gaunt look of a manager that's running out of road. Um, yeah, I think... How do you see you're, Yeah, you're, well, you're, I think we're getting to the point where... For a long time, I think with with bad performances under Rowett, there's there's always been the extenuating circumstances. Like even now, we you know the the overriding um, you know excuse really is that Millwall are fighting above their weight. Really, we don't have the budget that some of the teams in the Championship do to sign really good players for millions of pounds hmm. and develop it that way. So that's yeah. the overarching debate. But that is Millwall like that that and you you can use that. And you can, when we get we lose 4 0 to Fulham, or when they beat us 2 1 earlier in the season, you go, Look, their team costs over 200 million pounds, and yeah, ours was put yeah. together. And that is a valid point to make. Also, the COVID finances have probably made that a bit worse. You know, then we've had a load of injuries over the last two, three seasons. I remember speaking with people on Twitter, you know, what is what there must be something more going on because the amount of injuries we get is just uncanny. Do we just have an injury prone squad? Is it the 
the fitness department? Is it the fact that we normally have a small squad, so everyone's a bit playing a bit too much? And then now you've got the COVID on top of that. It's You get to the point, though, where three losses in a row, and this isn't the first bad run in the season, no, where no. you go, well, those excuses aren't good enough anymore. And I know you do have them. And it's a shame that you have the problems, but it's not good enough. Because, you know, the first team, is it's not bad players. But you like I say, you've got three attackers on the bench there. Play four at the back. You know, yeah, drop one of the centre-backs. Yeah. If your sort of squad's that thin, drop one of the centre-backs, play four at the back and give it a go. You know they're going to play. They play 4-4-2. They have played it every single week, all season. Yeah. Play play four at the back. Get an attacker on. And if it's not working, you can, you know, change back to your regular shape. And th- there was a couple games where he has changed the system. And that Birmingham game was fantastic. He changed the system, played a back four, and everyone was like, hang on. He seems to have yeah. sussed it here. Yeah, it and seems to be finding it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you, we had it against Blackpool at home, against Stoke at home, coming back from behind. And you look at it and go, we might be on something here, actually. I think we're getting somewhere. Same with the Birmingham result. And then two weeks later, it's like it's like every single week is completely independent of the last one, watching Millwall sometimes. Whatever has gone on the week before or the game before has no bearing on what you're going to see next week. No, and that, that, that bothers me. That worries me because some of the random... And I, I don't think it's going too far to call them random substitutions where you you, you you go a goal behind. And that was pretty grimly predictable with, with that starting 11. You know, um, we may have nicked a goal. I think there was a chance in the first half, Ryan. I think Murray put a ball wide. And that those are, you know, yeah. yes, you will get those opportunities um, by lobbing the ball into the box by one method or another it will fall down at some point and you may get a goal you may not we didn't get a goal yesterday um but at some point um Blackpool had chances they had quite a few chances across the first and then the second half before they scored yeah. um and then you're chasing the game and that's when we start to bring on the flair players so we we, we bring in um Burke the new boy and and Tyler and you know you it's it is so predictable. I think that's that's the thing that's really starting to nag at a lot of people. It's it's that, that you could have written that script before the game kicked off. Once you saw that starting eleven, I think and most Mill fans. I think some I read on Twitter that there were people talking about going before the game kicked off, going back to the back to the pub, the casino, wherever you you know that that's. And so and this 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 one stuck to me. Um, what JJ says on Twitter, he's never seen a mule away from nine hundred and forty-two went up there. Listen, yeah, loads went up, a lot went up, like really commendable. Off, and, and, he, and you know, we're on a little run as well. And he says they've never been really. so flat. Never, he's never seen yeah. a mule away traveling support as flat as yesterday. Maybe, um, yeah, I don't know, exaggeration. I don't know, but it's, it would have been flat. Let's just accept it was a flat away following. 900 yeah. blokes in, in Blackpool on the jolly. Well, it, it's not even it's not even the, you know, Millwall way, you know what you're going to get a lot of the time. The the, the one nils that we were winning under Rowett, where, where you are sitting off and you don't have a load to shout about, but you're no. getting off the back and you're enjoying the fact that you're really frustrated and pissing off the home fans and the home players. And then when yeah. we nick it, it's that whole build up, build up, build up, build up. The one nil against Coventry was a perfect example. We're under the cosh, Preston last season, we're under the cosh, odds against us really. And the other team are pushing and pushing and pushing. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the second half, we get the goal. And you're just laughing. You're just laughing at it, being like, we look shit, but we Ooh. are just completely managing Ooh. and containing you. We've it's just it. yeah. yeah. So then we go to Blackpool. And okay, they sit off us a bit more. When it, If a team sits off us, 
we, we have no chance because who are you going to get to create anything or to to just ask a question? Like it, it's just impossible. We don't have anyone in the squad, and that's another thing now where I think Rowett is going to start to come under criticism. I think has done, but he's been at the club long enough now and had enough transfer windows. His signings seem to not be good enough at the mm. moment. It's very stopgap. It's very we are lacking a creative player, and have done. So I mean, since before Rowett. But he's now had what four or five transfer windows. This is his fourth or fifth. Or this will be his, I guess, fourth. You know. Yeah. You, I know they the club have tried to address it. They have bids for players. Obviously, like the Louis Sibley one that's going in, and we, okay, look, looks like we just can't afford him. Really, Josh Windass in the summer, same occasion. We just can't afford him. But surely it's surely it's better to have someone or take a chance on someone who is affordable than just have no one whatsoever. Like, well, it's, it's that because I've written down the word, the R word, and I call it the recruitment because you know you're, you're right. Uh, and I think most realistic Mill supporters will know that we're not going to bring resources to the table that's going to be able to play at the top table, signings wise. Um, which takes you then to finding um talent from below, you know, lower, lower level strikers, lower level players that are, that are hungry. We've seen one thing that really struck anyone that didn't see the live stream yesterday of the game, I was I was really struck, um, as we saw against Palace. Tyler Bury came in, was prepared to back his own skill, take men on, um, make runs into dangerous areas, and looked hungry for it, Ryan. And yeah. that that hunger is not apparent in some other players in that team. Keefton no, Bell no, don't look hungry not. and George Evans don't look hungry to me in midfield. Keefton Bell Keefton Bell is all I think I think Keefton Bell's what been I mean he's not He's not been an awful signing in terms of how he's been on the pitch compared to, you know, some of Mill's worst things. But I think he's been an awful signing. We paid mm. money for him over yeah. the age of 30. And now, like, you know, the beginning of the season, he was playing every single game. And then for, after five games, he just couldn't get in the squad. And no. this is, I know, I understand Rowett brought him in because he managed him at Blackburn and uh, well, Birmingham. And, Birmingham, you know, I think, from, didn't he? Yeah. Birmingham, yeah. But yeah. he knows and we trust him. But we didn't need a defensive mid- we didn't need another defensive midfielder to then a few weeks later bring in George Evans as well. And it's yeah. Mill, Mill used to, you know, we, we used to gamble on a player. And Tyler Bure is a great example of it. He is a player who we've effectively gambled on. We signed him off yeah. AFC Wimbledon when he was 17, 18. And he looks like he has shown in flashes that he looks like he could do something. Oh no, he didn't. It's a shame that he got his injury at Hartlepool because it looks like he was on. He was set to have an amazing six months. Yeah, you know he scored four goals in his first five games. There, they were playing. It's one of those you can always tell when a player's out of position at a lower level. It's because they're better than everyone. And he yeah. was playing as a striker at Hartlepool. We wouldn't think to play him as a striker in the championship because he's not a striker. But he's so clearly that where he went there, he's so clearly so much better than everyone at that level that they can just play him as a striker and he'll do the job. Yeah. But you know he's a classic. We will take a chance on him. Put him in the team and see what he does. But instead, we've gone to, I tell you what, we'll sign a steady Eddie. We'll sign a steady Eddie. We'll sign your Evans. We'll sign your Keefton Beld. We'll sign this guy. He's coming to his late 20s, approaches 30s, but he'll fill a gap for us and he'll do a job. You know, Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory, players who, even Jed Wallace to an extent, is, you know, we got him on loan, but he was a relative gamble because we rolled the dice with all of those players. And now we're not doing that. And we're still wasting the money. Bodvarsson was a championship striker. And we've just cancelled his contract after mm. paying three quarters of a million pounds for him and getting about a goal and a half in five years. Or, you know, it's it's not good enough. 
That's not, not like you would rather, I tell you what, rather pay 50 grand for someone from League Two or non-league, give them a go at the age of 22. You know, obviously the, the players need to be out there to do that. But at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather have had someone who was a real risk and you've got a chance on selling them on for a bit more than some approaching 30-year-old striker who by the end of it, when we had 13 players available, couldn't even get in the squad. And now we're paying off his contract. It's... That's, yeah. that, that is a that is a massive problem. The fact that Mill have cancelled two contracts this window is a massive problem. Achtung, Mailball. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I, mean, I suppose both were exceptions of reality. Um, but Vos, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. Um, I mean, we, we spoke about it the other the other day yeah. about but Vos, and then it's gone now. So that's that's that. Um, it, I, I think there's there's the recruitment. Generally, we, we've said it many, many times, recruitment at Mill seems to be a real problem. And I don't know why, because some other clubs, I'm sure, I'm, I suppose Luton leap into my mind, but they seem to get players yeah. and look good on it. I mean, you know, they're, they're just looking at the table here, so I'm not advocating Lutoners. I mean, just one place above us, two points in front of us, one game there. So they're doing okay. But then there's this kind of... Um, idea that we're a small club but Luton are a small but we seem to struggle on that and I don't know why um I think it's I think Aaron's touched on this when we've spoken you and me might have spoken about it but there doesn't seem to be a great playing wise a great plan for the future we don't seem to have any playing identity we seem to be chasing a lot chasing a chasing a style chasing games um you know yeah um I would have thought that that would be one of the things that Gary Rowett would want to, you know, a playing style that runs through the club where you've got a bench. I mean, I, I get that we have injuries, um, yeah. but that bench didn't seem to relate to the starting eleven. I, I don't get what we're trying to achieve with uh, with the current approach to games. Yeah, I think that is, you know, defensive solidity is obviously part of it, but really... How long has it been since we've been a really defensively solid side? Like we we have been defensively solid in some games, but yeah. not 
across the board. When Riot first came in, we were, you have to, you couldn't argue with it. We were really solid. We yeah. didn't concede many goals last season as well. Similarly, we didn't, last season, our problem was scoring goals. Yeah. You know, we kept the most clean sheets in the league, Bar had the most clean sheets in the country. Like, we were defensively solid and our problem was we couldn't create or score goals. Couldn't you score know? a goal for Tuffy. Yeah. In the names we said before. So, in the summer, what do we do then? You know, we bring in, okay, Savile maybe is brought in to add some goals from midfield. You can make mm. sense of it. Phobie on loan again. Ballard, okay, stocking up the defence. But there are still very obvious gaps. And also, with the looming Jed Wallace situation that they knew would happen in the summer, you know, they, they were aware of that. Really, as a football club, when you're recruiting and building a squad, you've got to be looking one year, 18 months down the line. Who's here now? But more yeah. importantly, who's not going to be here next season? You yeah. know, we went to that season. If Bradshaw hadn't scored eight goals, he'd be released. We could be selling him this summer. We could be we could be selling him this window. If he hadn't we'll probably be a... letting him go like we did John Daddy, you know, it'd be thank you, get him, get shot of him, you know. Exactly. And that's another bit wasted. We've got Mahoney and okay, he got his injury, but he wasn't injured before that and he wasn't playing. He's running out of his contract. There's there's so many gaps and no one has been maybe a Millwall, I guess the case is a bit more these players do have to have left before we can bring new ones in. But it's a very it's, it's very slow to react, it seems. It seems like clubs are maybe a bit too slow to react in terms of the signings we've made of late seem to be because we've got a bit of injuries. The, like We've got like six central midfielders on the book, six or seven central midfielders, yeah. largely because last season we had a load of injuries in central midfield. So we went out on a shopping spree and now we've got a load of them. And they're all pretty much the exact same player. You've got Savile, who's a bit of a box-to-box. You've got Mitchell, who's a bit of a box-to-box. Evans, who kind of just sits and does the tackling. You've got Keeftonbelt, who sits and does the tackling. You've got Leonard, who could be box-to-box or sit and do the tackling. I mean, there's no variation there. There's no there's no creativity. There's no someone different who will offer a bit of dynamism or give you a bit of something else. And yeah. I think Mitchell has tried to do that. He's tried to maybe in some games exert himself too much and try and be that game changer because he cares. And you you just get to the point where you're like, what in in a, it seems to get to this point of the season in the last couple of years, and you're looking in what how are we going to line up next season is a massive question for me. Who's gonna well, who's gonna be or you who's could you could argue, ask which division we're going to line up in, because although we're not, you know, we're it's it, it, we are some way beyond relegation. Uh, the bottom three listeners, they're Peterborough, bottom third from bottom with nineteen uh, points, and we are in thirty-three, so that's a fourteen-point gap. But we are consistently losing games at the moment, Ryan. Yeah. And um, as as you just said, I mean, we've got. A, we, it reminds me of those people that went out and bought five pack, five trolley loads of toilet roll when COVID first began. We've got a load of midfielders. Exactly. We've, we've gone to the midfield, the defensive midfielder shop, of, of the average, like the value brand ones, the average level. And we come out with a couple of shoddy, uh, shopping trolleys worth of, of, of midfielders. Um, exactly. I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried about the relegation. I think there, there are worse teams in the division than us. And I think well, yeah. Harry, Harry, it's probably Harry's catchphrase about Rowett is that you won't go down with him. And I think well, not this season, different. not this season, because I think you're right. I think season, there's, there's enough between us and the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. The future wise, the, this is the question for the future as well. Gary Rowett obviously has is, is brought into the club to make us a viable playoff contender. Obviously, the championship's such a weird league like that, that every year, especially for a club like Millwall, 
realistically, that gets harder and harder because more teams will have gone up and come down. Norwich, yeah. when they probably come down next year, Watford, when they come down next year, they're going to be richer than they were before. Luckily, luckily, there seems to be fewer teams who will go up for one season, like your Huddersfields, who go up for one year and have a bit of a cash injection like QPR were doing. Mm. It now seems to be two or th- two of the three teams already been up. And you can see that with For- Fulham at the top of the table. Top two is going to be a stretch. But fifth and sixth, realistically, in a division, are always up for grabs. I mean, really, fourth, fifth and sixth are always up for grabs. Swansea last year and um, Barnsley, no one before the season was really tipping them to be in it, but they got there. And that's where Millwall need to get. They need to get to a place where they can realistically challenge. I mean, like, I mean, in terms of how it can swing, look at Barnsley. They're bottom of the league and are going to go down bottom yeah, of the yeah, league. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. A league in which one of the teams started on minus 21. That's how bad they are. Like, they are awful. <laughs> and they were, they finished sixth last year. That's the league that we're in. So it's, there is something to be said for consistency and having that dependability. But Rowett's job was to make us a viable playoff candidate. Every year, his mantra has been, well, I've guided us to two top 10 finishes. Yep. If we finish outside, and which which isn't quite true because we did finish 11th, I think, in one of the years. but uh, Yeah, 11th or 12th, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, so if we finish, how low do we have to finish for the board maybe to turn around? I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't really like, like yourself, I don't really like baying for manager's blood really until it's a real dire situation. But how low do Mill will have to finish for people to, for a board to turn around and go, do you know what, that's not good enough and we have to let you go? Is 14, if Mill finished 14th after finishing 10th and 11th for the last couple of years, is that a big is that a big enough drop to say that's not good enough? Or do you I, go, well, a couple of results here and there? Where's yeah, the line? We're, we're, I mean, we're straying into the bottom half of the table now. I mean, historically, a, a top half of the table finish, whether it's 12th, 11th, 10th, whatever, has been very, very yeah. good. And historically for Millwall, um, although I don't think we should be, um, we should be, shouldn't be chained to the past. And I think, um, funny enough, Neil yeah. um, Fister made a good point um, talking about um, the, the kind of the, the small, um, the small club syndrome that you can fall into. That you don't have any ambition. Then you, you're kind of grateful for Happy the crumbs to, yeah. that fall yeah. your way. And it, it, it's got a, a small wall. That was the word. The Cholton insult, wasn't it? Uh, small wall thinking. Um, I, th- I think there's a there's a lot in that because it means you can never aim to be more than what you are, and I, I don't subscribe to that. Um, and there's another debate here, a chap here called Connor asks, who would we get? And he says it's a strange argument as to who would we get, which seems embedded into all football supporters when they want the manager gone. Um, yeah. There are always candidates. There's always there's always um, there's always someone. I mean, other clubs, Ryan, and we, we've never done this, and I don't understand why we don't do it, but they seem to find. I'm thinking of Brentford and Thomas Frank. I'd never heard of him. I mean, I don't follow European football. I hadn't heard of him. Um, other clubs with varying degrees of success have gone abroad and come back with with um, coaches that really do look to change a style completely. We don't do that, do we? We we no. we we for better or for worse, we're forever wedded with this kind of um, working class club that gets up and under at it. And 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 I I I. I, I prone to it i've followed the club for donkey's years now so I, I get it but other clubs do aspire to be more than that and they succeed at it to some level um, brentford being yeah, a great I mean, example but you know there's a few 
Yeah, managerial. It seems like maybe the club seems to have a, quite a limited contact book to an extent. You know, in terms of the last. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> in terms of the last three appointments, you know, Harris is as a given, and you know, Harris yeah. great manager in the time he was there. But Holloway, just because they, they probably saw him on TV the day before, and we're like, oh yeah, he's out of a job. And almost similarly with Gary Rowett. I mean, Gary Rowett was seemed like a good fit. And, you know, to an extent, he's not been the worst fit in the world, but it seems to be swaying against him now. But you look at some teams and, you know, there was the Ipswich point in Kieran McKenna. From A lot of teams seem to be appointing people's under-23 coach or they've had a look yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Cooper, like Graham Potter obviously coming in. Steve Cooper at Swansea now, you know, going from England under-17s coach. So there seems to be a bit of a wider, a wider thought of, we don't just need a name who's a manager. We need someone who can coach the players and develop players. And I think Millwall maybe maybe behind the scenes, you know, I, I can't comment for for certainty, but it's maybe a bit old-fashioned sense of the manager of you know the guy who comes in and runs this. And you know, a lot of clubs now have the director of football model where they have someone who is looking off that holistic view of what the club should be and how we develop, and they find managers who will suit that. And when that manager goes, they can find another one who will suit that. Whereas Millwall seem very much to be at the behest of the manager they have at the time. Yeah. And you can, well, the biggest example of that is looking at the signings. Let I know Neil Harris resigned, but Neil Harris signing eight players in the summer and resigning three months later and going. And then similarly with Rowett now, he seems to have, you know, I don't know how it works behind the scenes at the club, but Rowett does very much seem to have final say in the signings. I agree. You know, yeah. Yeah. Any, you know sometimes you get a manager kind of half unhappy with the signing or maybe going, no, maybe not exactly what I wanted. All these signings seem like, and the fact that they play as much as they do, look like Gary Rowett signing. So he's obviously given the trust of the club. And that can be a problem when you end up with someone like Holloway who runs the club almost into the ground doing it. So mm. maybe Millwall need to broaden their horizons in future, or maybe there needs to be a root and branch review, maybe, of Millwall, how they... How they Re-education. Luton is a good example because Luton is a good example because they are a small team. They don't have a lot of money, but they have a very clear idea of what they want to do, who they want to bring in, and they sell players on and they get a bit of money. And they and so every year they do that, they get a bit better because they have a bit more money. The you know, they've not they're not just just signing young players as well. I think they brought in Henry Lansbury. On, on a free at this season. He was someone that Millwall could definitely have been into. But yeah. he, it's appealing for players as well because he's looked at that. And, you know, he was at Villa playing in the Premier League, really good at Forest when he was in Champions. He's a very, very good Championship midfielder and obviously getting to the end of his career. But he's seen a project at Luton, spoken to the manager and gone, do you know what? I like the sound of that. I really like the idea that the manager has. I mean, a lot of players used to say it about Neil Harris when they signed for Millwall when we were in League One or coming up for yeah. the Championship about how convincing the project he sold was and how, and there was a clear idea of what we wanted to do. And I think kind of, we just ran out of steam under Harris, but at the moment, what, I, what is, I wonder what, I wonder what Rowett is saying to players in a recruitment meeting when they're meeting their agents, this is how we want to play. This is what we want to do. I wonder what that conversation is, or is it just, are you free? Do you, do you want to fancy a few more games than you're getting right now? Holly Burke yeah. what, could be good. You know, the jury's out in terms of his career. Like you said, he's, he's gone for a lot of money at a lot of places and he's had this potential apparently in his whole life, but hes I don't think he's really ever been a success at any club he's been at. Not to say no. he won't be a success at Millwall, but I think on the bit about him signing, I don't know if it was the club statement or whatever, it was about one of the largest themes was 
he's somewhere where he can get more game time than he is at Sheffield United. Yeah. Do we want to be the more game time club? Like, <sighs> not a great recruitment policy. He certainly looked quick yesterday. I, mean, I will say that anyone that watched it um, would, would, I think, would say he's fast. I still think that Tyler Bury looked the more effective of the two because they both came on. Um, I think they came on together, didn't they? At, yeah, uh, they are not. Yeah. And if you you know if, if you're going to say to me which one caught my eye, I would have said Tyler looked like the, the player that's played at the higher level because I mean um, exactly. Burke has played for RB Leipzig, so and they paid big for him to to get him out there. So um, you know that's, I don't want to be unfair on the boy because he's he's got he's no, only yeah, just joined us. But he, well, yeah. if, if he doesn't work out, Nick, if he if he is no good, he can double up and uh, he can work the door on Harry's bar. <laughs> I mean the size of the arms on him, he's uh, you know. I thought you could, you could use him for running on to get the flares when when they away in for a flare on because he's very fast to be out there like a shot. Uh, it's a big seven days. Eh? Well, I don't know when the transfer window actually finishes. I think it might be slightly more than seven days because it's the twenty third as we record. So I presume they've got till the thirty first before it closes. So yeah. a big a big closing period of the transfer window. I mean, we clearly need to and Rao has actually said we need to freshen up as the expression is. Um, yeah. We need something, Ryan. I think the flatness was the overwhelmingly depressing part of yesterday's performance. Um, and I think someone made the point online, and forgive me, whoever said it, because I would I like to quote that um, Rowett looks flat and sounds flat, and that's never good. That, that's, that is when yeah. the clock in the court on hanging on the wall starts to tick a little bit louder for me because yeah, you can't keep losing that's games like we are especially this early in the season. I know it's just after halfway, but it's January, you know, you can't be, you can't feel like you're going through the motions. And I think this, this run of losses and whether or not you want to include the Palace game in that three or four, however you want to look at it, it has seemed to take all the momentum out yeah. that we potentially could have gone into the new year with. It seems to have killed any top six hopes dead. You know, the championship is un- unpredictable and who, who, who knows? Maybe, we go on a run from February through March and have a really good, but we've got tough, tough games coming up. We play the majority yeah, of the top of the league. Yeah, and yeah, by, by mid-February, our season could well be over. And then it, and then if it just drags out and drags out and drags out, we're not really, not really any ambition and not really any, what, what becomes of the atmosphere and what becomes yeah. of the situation of some of the players who are underperforming and what becomes of, you know, just what 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 does the what does maybe February to May hold for for Rowett for the atmosphere for the fan base? You know, are we going to be finishing? Is the last game of the season going to have nine thousand people there? It's We're up risk. against West Brom on Saturday. West Brom at home on Saturday. In, Gary Rowett. I mean, I, I won't say he needs a result because we're not desperate, but he needs what he needs is a Millwall performance, one that sends yeah, people home. More than a result, isn't it? Yeah, it's the performance so, more than the result. The kind of performance where you can walk down Zampa Road onto Wilderton after the game, and you, you know there's a, there's a bit of hubbub. Um, it's quite hard to see it at the moment. I will say that much, listeners. Um, but yeah. if you then my my eye, Ryan can't look much further than that Fulham game on on Tuesday the eighth of February because they've been in uh, yeah. they've been on fire. I mean, you know they're, they're a good team um, and they've got resources, so we won't keep bashing away at that. But they've been scoring goals like it's going out of fashion. And if we if we get a spanking there, um, I think it could that be that very... third seven nil of the season. There'll be looking well, going into one, you know. I mean, if, if it goes into those realms, I mean, you know, let's let's not let's not prejudge, and you know, we we, we want to see 
you want to see a Millwall result there, but it's just very hard to very hard to see past that at the moment because that will take us to roughly mid Feb, and you know who knows who knows what may the situation may be by then. We desperately yeah. need that team, and I, I don't know if the team listen to us. I, I can't believe they don't. I think I would do if I was in it. But we we need we need a performance. We need yeah. we need. I don't think we need we results. Yes, because we we need to arrest the losses, Ryan. Yeah, but I, I think he, board, it's more about what 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 you're seeing because we saw nothing yesterday, did we? It, that's the thing. It is it is performance, and it is the results with with better performances. Obviously, the results come. But if if Mill will get a decent draw. It's a bit like actually. That's it's a bit why the Palace game hasn't. People aren't really. I'd, well, personally, for us, what I've seen anyway, people didn't seem mm. too pissed off that we lost. Like no, no, because no, no. we played well enough to win that game, and okay, we didn't win it, but there wasn't a load of if if you know if we'd have lost three or four nil, like yeah. and it, you know so it was a, it was a good performance. We 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 didn't let us well we let ourselves down in terms of not getting a result, but we didn't do ourselves a disservice. Really, no. like the reason we didn't win that game is because we couldn't score, and that's our problem in the championship anyway. So, it it wasn't a, a terrible performance; it was just one of those. And you kind of come away from it going, "Oh, what a shame!" That we're we're so close, and you go, "That goal could have been offside. They could have had a card." And it's not too bad. I mean, we've got we've got two double headers at home, either side of the Fulham game. So we've got West Brom and Preston at home back to back, and then yeah. the Fulham game, and then we've got Cardiff and QPR at home. Those are four massive games. For keeping the crowd on side, if if Millwall can put up two strong home performances, and it, okay, say you get four points from the West Brom and Preston game, get a draw and a win, but they're really hard Millwall performances, battling on the front. Millwall, yeah, yeah, they will. That will turn the tide, I think, of of opinion. Maybe not completely, but it will do a lot. And then say, tell you what, if you've got those four home games, if you've got a seven nil loss to Fulham in the middle of them, but we get nine points of twelve. You probably come out of February and go, it's not bad. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's no. we really need to start seeing proper performances consistently. I think we've seen it for 45s or for the odd game, but like I said earlier, each game seems to just be its it exists in its own little pocket at the moment. Then there's no consistency or coherence between each performance. Well done, Ryan. Thank you for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. And thank you too for listening, dear listeners. This was a little extra show. Um, I had a good uh, message there from Phil and I wanted to get Ryan's take on, on the situation. So a big thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back after the West Brom game. Let's hope for a decent performance. Till then, dear listeners, I'll leave a dirty meal all. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to After Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Have a dirty meal Till next time. Who do you want to watch? 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.